All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Just getting ready to record another pod here on another wonderful Tuesday after another absolutely crazy week in, in football, just like every week has been this year. It's I don't know if I'm watching closer or maybe it's just me, but it seems to be the most unpredictable and wild season of NFL football I've ever been a part of. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I feel like we've spoken about this many times, so I'm, I'm not trying to like give us too much credit here, but we've often said that the NFL is at its peak as far as competitiveness. Like any given week, it's just whoever plays, you know, it's the NFL, as we like to call it. And I think we're seeing this, you know, we in our in our division breakdowns, it was really hard to predict certain teams. Um, obviously, I think we both predicted the Niners to be way better than what they are. Maybe they are still pretty good. Who freaking knows? Because it's the NFL. I mean, there's just there's so many things that are that are in play here. And I don't I'm not saying I'm some guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I like to consider myself fairly decent at thinking I know who's going to win a football game and I'm only predicting games at 54% this year. I'm basically just over a coin flip to get a game right, which is bizarre. Like I, I feel like I'm better than that, you know? And, uh, truthfully, so I'm going off basically the standings in your, your pickums league that you run, you run a, a pickums league and I'm a part of, and the best guy is at 65%. And I'm like, man, bravo. bravo. Yeah, to put it in perspective, I think if you look at mine, I think I am at a little 58. bit higher, 58%. When I finished last year through the playoffs and Super Bowl, I took fourth in the league, but I was at 77% correct. And That's it's fantastic. like, I've dropped 20% in one year. And it's like, yeah. Like you said, I feel like I'm better than that, but there's just been so many weird upsets and so many, there's so many good teams. Like it has, it's leveled off, but like, there's just so many good teams that it's like, there is no leader of the pack. There's just a lot of good teams and it's fun to watch from a neutral perspective. So many good games on everywhere coming down to final kicks. And then they got games, 30, 40 point victories. So it's all over the place. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a weird league, and that's just the easiest way to describe it. And I don't know if you've got a chance to look at this upcoming week's games, but holy hell, we're in for another wild ride. I mean, um, week 11's taken no prisoners. There's only a few what I would consider gimme games, and nowadays there's Those no don't such work. thing as a freaking yeah. gimme game. Um, boy, there's there's a lot there's a lot to go over today. I feel like we have a, a fun pod planned. Uh, let's start off today. For the YouTube viewers, I'm rocking my Patriots Cam Newton jersey. A, because I haven't been able to wear it. Obviously, Cam Newton is an ongoing Patriot. But B, because Cam Newton did make his, um, what's the word I'm going to use? I'm going to use deserved. I'm going to use deserved. Much deserved debut, return to the league. And uh, he got to play for his former Carolina Panthers, a team that drafted him number one overall, where he had a great career before um, being released. What did you think of Cam's debut, and what do you think that debut means moving forward for the Carolina Panthers, a team that we love to talk about on the pod? Yeah, I've always liked Cam Newton. Um, I, I don't think anyone believes he's great anymore, but I do like Cam Newton. Um, when it comes to an upgrade or downgrade for the Panthers, if your quarterback's not turning the ball over three times a game, it's probably an upgrade. So between PJ Walker and Cam Newton playing well, um, I think it's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I think it's a great energy boost. It's, you know, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of maybe analysts or talking heads or people that say Cam's not good for this or that, but it's kind of like Russell Westbrook and the fact that every teammate likes him, you know, every teammate has good thing to say about him. So the players love Cam Newton. Um, obviously he scored two touchdowns, which is fantastic. Um, I don't know if they're going to make him the full-time starter. And if they do, we'll see if he can not turn the ball over, but long-term this Panthers defense is really, really good, really, really young. And I'm not going to lie. It made me want to watch the Panthers more. He's definitely more exciting than he makes the must watch TV. And 
when you look at that fight for the sixth and seventh spot in the wild card, Panthers are leading that race right now. I mean, they're they're up there. Yeah. So I'm gonna say a couple things. Uh, obviously, I've I never really considered myself like a Cam Newton fan. I ne- I was never a hater. Um, but when Tom Brady leaves town and Cam Newton becomes an option, I said that I wanted Cam. And then when he signed with New England, I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, let's go. We're there, right? Well, then it's th- that sad reality of what Tom Brady struggled to do in 2019 is drag a very terrible offensive unit to wins in, in the National Football League. And Tom Brady struggled to do it, and Cam Newton couldn't do it. And I think a lot of Patriot fans, not myself included, actually, um, blamed Cam when the actuality, it was a terrible offensive unit. There was no wide receivers, no tight end. There was zero tight ends on the roster that were, that could catch a pass. And we were uh, we were bombing the league in, in, in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns for a tight end, you know? And that's an important position in today's NFL. So Mac Jones obviously comes in. He, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, look what Mac's doing. Yeah, well, New England went and spent in the offseason. They got two solid receivers, not great, but solid receivers. And they went and got two good tight ends. And it's obviously it changes things. So I'm really rooting for Cam Newton to resurrect his career back with the Carolina Panthers. And the fact that it's Carolina, I like love that for him. I'm excited for him. It's it's. I think we could argue it's the best possible fit. I mean, he's already been there. Half this team was there when he was there. Not half, but a lot of this team was there. And I don't know. I just, I love the fit for him. So as far as what it means for the Panthers, first off, let's, let's look at Christian McCaffrey. He looked fantastic this past week. And if Christian McCaffrey is great, that obviously is going to be great for Cam. Robbie Anderson has best game of the season with Cam playing quarterback, which, you know, whatever, um, slash PJ Walker. Let's give PJ his right. credit too. Let's give PJ his credit, but he had his best game of the season. Uh, I think this team has a ton of defensive potential and the offensive potential has been hampered by what you said, turnovers. And if Cam doesn't turn the ball over, which it sounds like he's going to get all the first team reps and be the starter moving forward, as long as he knows the playbook, let's get into where, where they are in the NFC, which is extremely competitive at the bottom half of this bracket. And I'll just read it off to you. So obviously Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bucks, Rams at this point are probably locks to get in. They're all the division leader. Well, the Rams aren't leading their division, but they're dominating and there's, right. they're two games ahead for that fifth seed. So the sixth and seventh are what we're talking about here. The Saints and the Panthers, both in the same division as the Bucks, but are the sixth and seventh seed. And then we start talking about these next teams, the Vikings. Eh, they're right in the same boat as the Panthers, right? The Niners, eh, same boat as the Panthers. The Falcons, eh, we don't love them. We like them on a, on a maybe a one-game basis. We don't like them as a playoff team. We never have. The Eagles, eh. You know what I mean? So at this point, the Panthers are just as good as all those teams that I just wrote off. Would you agree? Yeah, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves on the Panthers, but um, another team we do have to talk about for that wild card spot is the Eagles. And the reason why I say is the Eagles are at five wins, correct? They're at four and five. Okay. They play a struggling Saints team next. I'm sorry. They are four and six. My apologies. They're four and six. They're at home versus a struggling Saints team right now, possibly without Kamara as well this, this weekend. And then they play Giants, Jets, by Washington, Giants, Washington. So simply because of their schedule late, their next six games are all extremely winnable. If they were to win five of them, and you know, which isn't crazy, with Washington twice, Giants twice, Jets, Saints, and they get the Saints at home, no Kamara. So not because I would predict the Eagles to do great things, but the Eagles have played really good close games the last three weeks, winning two of them, and they have a pretty soft or winnable schedule coming up. So I would just keep my eye on the Eagles. I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money down on them, but keep an eye on the Eagles. Yeah. 
Well, I guess in closing, I'm happy for Cam, and I think the Panthers are as much, if not more, of a threat than they were a week ago. Yeah. And, it, yeah, I mean, that's really all I had to say. If you were to say a perfect spot for Cam, you'd say a team that has a great defense and is led by the running game, which is why the Patriots kind of made sense when he went there. Yeah. It didn't work out, but, you know, you still have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Christian McCaffrey is always going to be the reason that carries that team. And if you take care of the ball and punt, let them try and drive 70 yards consistently on that defense. I feel like the Panthers are going to win that battle more often than not. Yeah. Um, next topic of conversation, because I feel like the listeners will scold me if I don't bring it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to state the obvious and I'm going to let you take it away. Steelers Lions end in a tie. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go from there. Um, we'll start with the first thing. Um, Lions didn't win. So I was. I also said, I don't see the Lions scoring more than 17. So that's why I thought the Steelers would win. <laughs> that ended up being right. But um, I'll start with something that I was adamant about that I was asked a ton of in the offseason and early. Is Ben what he once was? Is he declining? I've always been consistent. Yes, he is declining. He's not what he was. But the truth is he is the best quarterback on our roster. Um, that we've agreed two, in that we have yeah, agreed. Yeah. The two biggest wins for the Steelers are one, no structural damage to TJ Watt. And two, we know we have to draft one of these quarterbacks in the first or second round coming up. Um, yeah, we, we just have to, cause Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins are not the answer. Um, rushing touchdown called back for holding wide open receiver. Mason Rudolph skips it in the dirt. Two fumbles lost in overtime. An interception for us that was called back for pass interference. And we somehow didn't lose. I don't know how that happens. Um, Maybe it helps us get better draft picks. Maybe not. But um, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to say this twice and pretty slowly. Just think about it. This is the Steelers' remaining schedule. Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings. Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. I'm going to say that one more time. Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. AFC is too tight. If you're asking me right now, I do not believe the Steelers are making the playoffs. Joe Hayden's in a walking boot. Minka Fitzpatrick has COVID. Big Ben still has COVID. TJ Watt injured himself, probably going to miss the next game. Two, it's still out. We lost both starting guards last game, and Claypool's still out with the toe injury. Juju's gone for the season. So a team that was already banged up or, you know, limited offensively is crumbling with injuries halfway through the season. And uh, I feel bad that everyone's going to have to watch the Steelers play on Sunday night. I don't think – I mean, we'll see what Mike Tomlin can do. But the Steelers are a team that – are wounded and are drawing more and more dead this season, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, we, we tied. Obviously, it feels like a loss for the Steelers. Feels like a win a little bit for the Lions. But that's just how it's got to be. And maybe in the first season with 17 games, we'll have another team go 0-16. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what's going on for the Lions. Maybe it's a boost that gets Dan Campbell rolling. Maybe Lions fans can see some victories in the season. I don't think that. But. Yeah, definitely a disappointing game in the rain, backup quarterback, a lot of what the heck is going on. And uh, But if you're a neutral perspective or maybe just cheering against the Steelers or maybe for a friend for the Lions, really fun game at the end if you weren't emotionally involved. All that overtime, the back – Jared Goff stinks. I, I think I was right on that. He was my preseason prediction to lead the league in turnovers. Um, Sam Darnold, I think, try, trying to take that away. But um, we'll so see what's Tom Brady. Going. <laughs> but Jared Goff didn't look good, and th- that was crazy, too. I mean, it was, like, deep in the fourth quarter. He had 40 yards passing, but credit to the Lions. They ran all over the Steelers for two and a half quarters. So, I mean, no excuses there. But, yeah, our best three – well, maybe Cameron Hayward. But three of our top defenders, quarterback, both guards, two top rec- two of our top receivers. I mean, at least we got Naj. Najee Harris looks real good, but unfortunately – Speaking of Naj, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you believe him or not? He didn't have. He didn't know that the NFL could tie. Um, 
I do believe him, but um, I, it's it's hard. I don't have any reason to believe he's a liar, but that's hard for me to fathom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have much more to add. The only thing I will say is, so as soon as New England was over, the game that was I turned on was the Steelers-Lions. A, because I needed to see the end of that atrocious debacle. And watching it, I felt bad for the Steelers because they were making so many mistakes. And it's like you hate to see a team lose making mistakes. And I'm watching the Lions, and I thought to myself, it didn't feel like they were making mistakes. It felt like they were a terrible football team. And if you're listening to this and you're a Lions fan, you're like, Jeff, you're being hard. No. And I, I posted on Facebook, and I'm like, this is, a, this is an awful football team. I literally thought to myself, I could not for five seconds be a Detroit Lions fan. I'd chop my own foot off. I wouldn't watch the games. I mean, I don't want to get too far off the wagon here, but like literally last year was like a very trying year for me with Michigan football. And for the first time in my life, I turned the game off. It was before the fourth, before the fourth quarter. I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. This team is literally depressing me. And I turned it off. That's how it would be every single week as a Lions fan. Like what I watched against the Steelers, I'm like, this is atrocious. This is bad football. And like you said, Jared Goff had 40 yards passing in the fourth quarter of an NFL game. Dude, you went to a Super Bowl three years ago. Like, what is going on? But, again, enough with the Lions. They're not worth any more time on this pod. <laughs> uh, mailbag. Are you ready? Yeah. We got some good questions. Um, one of them, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. And then I'm not going to respond to it. And I'm going to apologize to that person. But we'll get to that in a minute. So Tyler Richardson, first time writer in, buddy of mine. Is Mac Jones rookie of the year over Jamar Chase? In my opinion, it's a great question. But I'll answer first. No, he is not. He has the opportunity. And I stated that in the preseason predictions. I thought it was actually, it's really funny. I thought it was going to be one of these two people. Um Mac has the ability to get it. But right now, in my opinion, it's Jamar Chase's to lose. That dude's been unreal. He's been the best player um, from this draft class, not just offensively. I think he's been the best overall player from this draft class right now. But Mac has been really good, far exceeding his peers as far as quarterback player right now. You could argue he's he's on a better team than the other guys. Um, but truthfully, we don't, we don't really talk about that. We don't care about that. We we still expect Russell Wilson, who's on a three-win team, to be good. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to bail the other quarterbacks out. I think Mac's been great. Uh, as a Patriots fan, there's there's times where I'm like, what are you doing? There's other times where I'm like, wow, holy shit. Like this past weekend, he made a fantastic throw early in the game that I'm like, okay, we have ourselves a guy here. And there's other times where I'm like, what are you doing, you rookie? But, no, Jamar Chase, in my opinion, is hands down the rookie of the year, unless you have a different opinion. Um, I don't think it's hands down. Jamar certainly leads it, but got to remember there's still seven football games left to play. And although Jamar had that five-game stretch, the Bengals have been poor the last two weeks, his stat line included. As to where Matt Jones, each game he seems to be getting better and better. I yeah. don't believe both of these teams will, but if the Patriots w get into the playoffs and the Bengals don't, Mac Jones being the last of five rookie quarterbacks. It is a media award sometimes, but he's got the play to back it up too. The last of five quarterbacks drafted, clearly having the best season out of the five quarterbacks drafted and leading the Patriots who were bad last year, drawing dead going into the season by a lot of people and then bring them to the playoffs. And it's possible if the Patriots win the AFC East, Mac Jones is winning the MV or not the MVP, but the, the rookie of the year award. If they were to pass the bills, win the AFC East and host a playoff game in Foxborough, it's a lot for Mac Jones. Still a lot of football left to be played, but Jamar Chase got to keep those numbers going. Cause Mac Jones, he's going to keep getting his numbers. If he doesn't turn the ball over and keep stacking up these wins. I mean, even if his numbers aren't out of this world, W's talk for the quarterback position. And a lot of times the rookie of the year is a quarterback. Um, backdoor pick Najee Harris just because they're going to have to feed him a lot, especially with the quarterback issues, injuries, and whatnot. And I believe he's the sixth leading rusher in the NFL right now as a rookie. 
So he's a backdoor candidate, but I do believe it's Jamar Chase and Mac Jones leading the way. But Mac Jones certainly has a chance. Uh, Jamie coming in with a great question here. Two divisions have four teams at or over 500. The AFC West and the AFC North. Which is better? I think the only way to... Because unless you have a definitive answer, I don't. I really thought about this. This is tough. I feel like it's best if we just kind of break it down. Who's the best team from the AFC West, in your opinion? Chiefs. Agreed. Who's the best team in the North, in your opinion? I'd say the Ravens right now, but it would be the Ravens. It's not a runaway, but I also agree it's the Ravens. Okay, we're, we're agreeing so far. Going back to the West, who's your number two? Um, it's close, but I think I would give it to the Raiders right now. Okay, we disagree. You go Chargers? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. okay. But it's close. Like you said, it's it's freaking, it's right there. So I get where you, okay. Going back to the north, where are you at? I mean, I would still like the Steelers at full health, but currently it'd probably be the Bengals. Agreed. Okay. Going back to the west, you're having the Chargers. I'd take the Raiders there. And then it would be and Steelers. Then, and then you'd have Steelers. I also have the Steelers over the Browns. And that, but... Again, that's full health. It's it's getting right. close. It's still a good team, too. Yeah, and then back and over to the West, you got the Broncos at four. And in my opinion, today, I think the Broncos are better than the Browns. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the Browns just beat them. I don't have much really to tough. argue, but I don't have much to argue. I, I, here's what I would say. I would say, personally, I think team by team, I think the AFC North is better. But if you were to make an all-star team grabbing players wherever you wanted to, I think the AFC West could create a better all-star team than the AFC North. But the more I think about it, nah, I don't know. Maybe not. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's a tough question. I think both divisions are – put it this way. Even with the struggles of any team or whatnot, all these teams at full health, there's nobody in the league that sees any of those eight teams on the schedule and is like – I'm glad they're on there. But again, what we alluded to before the like podcast even truly kicked off, it, nobody wants to see any team on their schedule. I mean, even the Jets or Texans or the Lions, you don't want to see them simply because like they literally have nothing to lose. They're so unpredictable, you know, this and that. So it's like, I, I'm going to say AFC North because my Steelers are in there. Jamie, you're a Broncos fan. But um. Shoot, I don't know. You could easily go AFC West. If you believe the Browns are the worst team out of the eight and believe the Chiefs are the best team out of the eight, you know, yeah. it kind of tilts AFC West way. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to lean the West only because I think the Chiefs are the best of those eight, though it's close. And then I think the Chargers are right behind the Ravens. And I think I'd put the Raiders above your third place. I think I'd take the West. And it's close. Here's what I would love to see, though, at the end of it. I would love to see the AFC West combine all four teams' offenses and play the AFC North's combined defense. I would love to see that. I, I almost want to like get their rosters up and make I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head, Jesse Bates, Minka Fitzpatrick, You've got Denzel Ward, Joe Hayden. I mean, the the pass rushers, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt coming off the edge. I mean, that would just be, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, the, the combined offense versus the combined defense. But I'm t- you know thinking about it more. Take take. It's got to be the West. Chiefs are the best team of the eight, and I think the Browns right now are the worst team of the eight. And it, it tilts the West's favor. Yeah. It tilts the West's favor. Uh, another NFL question from Jamie here. A couple questionable QB plays on turnovers. Mac Jones thinks the defender has the ball and has the defender in an ankle lock resulting in an injury. Teddy Bridgewater basically gives up on tackling Darius Slay and takes out a teammate freeing Slay for the TD. Which play is worse? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start here. I've thought a lot about this Mac Jones play. A ton about it. And I truly, I don't know where to go because I want to believe him. I don't like that he, Gator rolled him. I don't like that. That's the one thing that's just like, oh, why did you do that? But I also, 
am standing pat on this because I've said this a few times. I feel like nobody's taking this into consideration. I want you to turn your your back to an all pro or soon to be all pro linebacker, and I want him to drill you. And then immediately, what are you going to do? Seriously, I want you to think about that for a half second. I want someone just pops you, and then you're like, "Oh shit, what to do next?" It's not to be taken into consideration. It's a weird. It's a weird turn of events. Could he have done something dirty? Absolutely. Could he have truly thought he had the ball? Yes. Teddy Bridgewater made the right play. Getting out of the way. Making a business decision, as you will. Every time Tom Brady ever threw a pick, I thought to myself, don't even attempt to look at that dude. Let it go. Let it go. Live to see another down. We have aspirations that are in freaking February. I could care less about a pick that... now. We're talking postseason? Okay, we're, maybe we're talking something different here. But I'm sorry, dude. It's mid-November. I have no problem with Teddy Bridgewater making a business decision and getting the hell out of the way. Live to see another down, especially Teddy, who almost had a career-ending injury. With that, I'll give it to you. Yeah, Um. so I'll start with Teddy. Um. For two reasons, I agree with what he did. One, Jeff's case. If you're the franchise guy, we got bigger issues than you dive in to try and make a tackle. In a game that's pretty much lost already. Secondly, if you're not the franchise guy, like why risk injury on one tackle when they would throw me to the curb for Drew Locke in a second? Like that doesn't make sense either. Like I can't, Teddy's in a lose lose situation there. And like, so I've seen both sides, like in bigger moments, Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, they fumble and Cam Newton didn't dive on the ball. It's the Super Bowl. What are you doing? AFC Championship game. Jerome Bettis fumbles. Big Ben contorts his body and makes one of the greatest QB tackles of all time. Like, you have to in those situations. But week 10, already down, what, 10 to the Eagles. Fumble on a goal line run. I mean, I I can't kill him. Um, Mac Jones, again, I understand trying to make the tackle. I'm here for it. But it looked like he already had his foot. Like, you were already stopping what was going on. The gator roll is way too much extra. So what's worse, the Mac Jones play, but that was, what, two, three weeks ago at this point. I'm past it. But if I have to answer the question, the Mac Jones foot was worse, and I voiced my opinion that I thought it was a dirty play. But it wasn't fine. A lot of former NFL players say it is what it is. Everyone's going to have their own opinion. But I I didn't like the Mac Jones twist. Uh, Moving on here. I want to start this. Uh, Kyle Miller, you write in every week. We love you. Your support is, uh, is huge. We appreciate you. I'm going to read your question and then I'm going to make my slight comment. So, uh, my coworkers that have been in pick'em leagues are complaining that Vegas is rigging it in their favor to not lose money. Examples, Buffalo's versus the Jags, uh, Ravens versus Miami. I can only imagine last night's games, Rams versus San Fran. Do you believe they're onto something here with the weird losses, or is this the NFL just this competitive any given Sunday? I know Brad's going to back me on this. I'm going to let him have his word in a second. This is an awful question, Kyle. Uh, it's awful because, truthfully, I don't believe that uh, this actually happens. I don't believe the NFL is scripted. I don't believe there's there's rigging going on. Um, and truthfully, I want you to ask yourself right now, If you are a fan of the National Football League, would you continue to watch if you knew it was rigged? Why waste your Sunday? Why put yourself in a position to be upset over something you feel is controlled? I don't for me, that's that's just a weird concept. I don't give this question any credibility. And that's not a shot at you, Kyle. I just don't believe that that's actually happening. Um, And every time I see shit like that, I get upset. I'll turn it over to you. Um, I agree with Jeff in a lot, but I do want to kind of articulate some of Jeff's thoughts because I know we're stride for stride here, but I want to articulate a little bit better or maybe differently for, for the way I feel it. Kyle, it is a question that I see asked, so I don't blame you asking it. And I, I know you want to get our opinions on it. So I actually, I appreciate the question, but I have been consistent with everyone who has brought that up to me that it is. I love debating. That's why we have this podcast. I love voicing my opinion. I like people hearing it and rebuttaling. But I simply do not have time to even entertain the idea. Like, 
when you start to really think about how the NFL would be rigged, the amount of sheer people you have to control to not say anything, to do the right thing, to drop a pass on this down, to, to do this or to do that, like, it's completely unrealistic. And I do not like to speak in absolutes, but there is a 0% chance that the NFL or any major televised sport is rigged. And anything that was even close to being rigged was brought to light immediately for cheating or this or that. And that's why we all love sports is because it's one of the last few things that truly is unpredictable on television. There is no script. There is no, there is no like definitive story. And that's why everyone loves it. That's why it's betted bet so much. And, you know, the referees have been, have been bad this season, but referees can't fully rig a game on their own. I, there's just way too much in this. There's no way. And I understand your fellow guys are complaining, but maybe they just need a little bit of an ego check. Jeff and I just talked, my pickums is down by 20% this league or this year. I haven't once thought, oh, the NFL is rigging it so that I look more stupid. Like, uh, it's just not, there's way too many moving pieces that would have to fall in line for the NFL to be rigged. So, I. No, no, there's no way. But I appreciate the question, Kyle. And I know you're kind of asking this because you hear a bunch of people talk about it. I don't think you think it's rigged either. But that's our opinions. We are lockstep. There is no way. And I I think it's foolish when people try and tell me that it is. I, I, it's not even something I argue. The only quote-unquote sport, and I use that in, in quotations, that is rigged or quote unquote scripted is the WWE or pro wrestling in general, any pro wrestling company in the realize they do that. You, you, you want to know why they do that for your entertainment. Okay. And don't get me wrong. Football is for your entertainment too. Basketball is for your entertainment too, but it's different. It's, it's based off of completely different factors than your traditional football is. Football is based off of betting. Football is based off of um, obviously your interest level in said team, you know, they know as a Patriots fan, they're getting me for however long I'm alive, 25, 30 years of my fandom. They're going to get me to watch football based off of that alone. Betting goes into it. Fantasy football goes. There's just so much that goes into it. And to sit here and even consider that a ref who might on a bad day, let's, I mean, bad day is in like, they actually are sucking throw eight penalties on a team, right? Eight to 10 penalties. Chances are your team still ran 50 plays. So you had plenty of opportunity to score. It's just, I'll let you go. And just one thing though, like when we talk about, you know, maybe reasons why the NFL is so unpredictable, everyone talks about how emotional football is and bulletin board material. Gambling and betting has become such a huge thing in the last couple of years. All these players know what Vegas is saying about the spreads. That's just, it's more bulletin board material. Look at this. All, all these bets are coming in against us. Or uh, it's just, an, those players are aware of what's going on. It's another reason to like have more motivation to go out and prove them wrong. Like, so the bet, it's, I love that it's unpredictable. And that's exactly what it is because it's not scripted. We've, what, we've, we've spent a lot of time on this question, Kyle, but I believe. Our answer was very quick, but I do want to, like, reiterate how, like, concrete my opinion is that I think it's foolish to think that the NFL is rigged. And if you're if you're spending time believing that it is, I would just recommend not watching it unless you enjoy seeing things that support your theories on why it's why it's uh, why it's like, uh, you know, rigged or whatnot. But. Yeah, I, I don't like that opinion. And if people have it, take it somewhere else. I don't have time for it. Thanks again, Kyle, though. We <laughs> always appreciate your questions and your participation. Uh, I think it's power rankings time. I think we're there. Uh, I'll go ahead and start her off. Um, this, was, uh, this was an interesting week. Let's just say that because there's teams that made sparks and there's teams that lost that I didn't think deserved to be out of the top 10. So I, I, I don't have a ton of movement uh, coming in at number 10. 
a team that I just I, I I really like. I just think that they they're limited in a lot of ways, but they're still really potent on defense and they're well coached. I got the Saints at ten. You're probably laughing at that. I think I doubt you agree, but I thought they played really well against Tennessee and they're still you know, two weeks ago they played um Tampa really well. I just or three weeks ago, I'm sorry. I really like the Saints. I know they're kind of beat up right now. I still have have them at 10 because I think they can beat a lot of teams in this league. Nine. Uh, welcome back, Chiefs. Chiefs at nine. Uh, have an argument to be higher, have an argument to be lower, but I think nine's a, a pretty good spot for them this week. Um, they dismantled the Raiders, and Patrick Mahomes looked back to being uh, one of the better QBs in the league. So I got them at nine. Uh, eight. I believe this is up one spot from last week. Yeah, I think up one spot. New England. Uh, yeah, they destroyed the Browns. They are on a four-game win streak, and they look as good as any team in the league. I mean, you could argue they're as good as anyone. Um, do they have limitations? Absolutely. I think every team on this list does. Uh, New England's definitely trending up. They got the Bills here in a couple weeks. I'm excited for that. Uh, seven, it's the Bills. Bills, uh, they came out and delivered a beatdown in a, in a return game, obviously coming off that Jags loss. Uh, kind of what I expected to see happen. Um, I like the Bills at seven because I like the teams above them. Uh, six, I got the Packers. Uh, I was super impressed with a 17-0 win. I don't know why, but I was. Uh, Rodgers missing a week, Russell Wilson coming back, all the momentum against them, I felt. And they come out with a 17-0 win. Um, back to their winning ways. You could, I mean, they've literally won, what, seven in a row since week one with Aaron Rodgers in the lineup, so... Uh, moving at five, I got the Rams. I didn't punish the Rams too much, even coming off back-to-back losses. And I, I probably should have, I gave them a pass because they lost their, they lost Robert Woods on Friday and they just brought in Odell Beckham. I think this team is going to be very shocking to a lot of us coming off their bye. I think they will be back to destroying teams and, and everybody will be like, Oh, okay. I see why Jeff kept from the top five. Uh, I didn't drop this team too much either. I think I dropped them one spot from last week. Uh, Tampa, super injured right now. No AB, no Gronk. Um, I'm just not going to get on the media train that Tampa sucks, you know, because Tom Brady's had a couple of bad weeks. And the crazy thing is the last two games that Tampa's played, Tom Brady has turned the ball over five times. He still has more touchdown passes. They just got to take care of the football. They're still a really good team. Uh, three. I was a little hard on these guys. I, I truthfully, until I see Kyle Murray come back and Kyler Murray come back and actually take control of this offense, this team might actually be trending down. We'll see. Um, lot to determine. Arizona. Um, I still have a ton of faith in them as long as Kyler's back and playing. But if Hopkins misses time and Kyler's missing time, boy, oh boy, this team's in trouble. But I have met three. Two, I brought them right back up because they absolutely annihilated the Falcons. They made what we thought uh, around an average team. I would say the Falcons are an average football team right now. They obliterated them. Just completely. As bad as New England beat down the Browns, the Cowboys beat down the Falcons worse. And that was shocking to me. Um, Cowboys at two. Play a huge game with the Chiefs this weekend, by the way. Number one. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But Tennessee's winning ballgames. They have the longest win streak in the league. I got them at one. Yeah, uh, I like I, your list. I do have the Ravens at the 11, just on the outside looking in, in case anybody's wondering where the where the Ravens were at. Yeah, so there are, there are a lot of weeks where I write down my top 10, and I, I honestly can't wait to deliver them. Like, this is my 10 through 1. I want people to dissect it. But there's usually two or three weeks where I'm like, man, I think this is my top 10. Like, I just <laughs> – I, I, like, there's so much movement. I yeah. can't really find teams I truly love. So what I tried to do was take a step back and look at how teams have played in the couple recent weeks and who I – like, where they would rank right now today there's still plenty of time for these teams to move all over the place but being honest if i was a steelers fan like this is the order of like i don't really want to see these teams and these are the teams that are trending upwards so number 10 
the Rams. Matt Stafford's looked terrible the last two weeks. They've lost two weeks in a row. Matt Stafford back-to-back double interception games. Now they do. They they lose Bobby Trees. They bring in OBJ and Von Miller. It's got to take some time for them to get going. But the defense doesn't look as dominant as it was last year. And right now Matt Stafford's on a little bit of a funk. Hopefully this bye week turns it around for them. They could be back in the top five after the bye and get a win or two. This team's still seven and three. But the last two times I've seen them, it's been on prime time. Everyone's watching, and they've gotten destroyed. Granted, the Titans are great. 49ers aren't. <clears throat> two different teams, and they beat them both. Again, I'm punishing teams a little bit harder. Number nine, I have Tampa. The reason why I have Tampa is they lost to a really bad Washington team. Brady's got to clean up the turnovers. And this team is one in three without Antonio Brown and Gronk. So Tom Brady missing those those few guys he really, truly trusts. It looks like he's kind of just like hoping with Mike Evans. And the back end of this secondary, they're getting uh, Murphy Bunting back. They will get Richard Sherman back and one other guy, forget who. But they're going to be getting three of their starting defensive backs back throughout the second half of the season. So they're going to improve. And, of course, they're going to be there in the end. But. After week 10, they're going to be number nine. Number eight, I'm going to have the Bills. They did get back to winning ways. Um, this team still has outgained, and 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 it, it, they just look so dominant. But I did punish them. They looked kind of soft against Miami. They Obviously, we saw what happened against the Jaguars. And I know it was the Jets, but they really buried them. They really had like, a, okay, we're – they must have listened to the Good Morning Pod because I said they got to get back to their ways, just throw it to Stephon Diggs. It starts and ends there. He went for like 8-160 and a touchdown. Team starts and ends there. You'd like to see a better running game, but back to winning ways, put him at 8. They did rush for 139 yards like, as a yeah. team. As a team. And they forced five turnovers on defense. And like I said, for the Jets, they haven't seen a defense quite as good as the Bills. And that Bills, regardless of what their record says, that defense has stayed true even in the losses they've played well. Um, I'm on to number seven. Worst record I've had this far. Maybe it's a little biased, but I have the Colts at number seven. The Colts have won four of their last five games. They have maybe the hottest player in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor. He's got all the yards. The defense is playing well. And against teams not named the Titans, they're 5-3 and three this year. We predicted at the beginning they had a rough first five. New team, new quarterback, lots of changes. They've had the hiccups. Can't really overcome the Titans. But the boring Colts have won four of their last five. And you know what they are. They've got the big offensive line, running game. And if Carson Wentz takes care of this ball or the ball, this team's really hard to beat. Right now I have him at seven. At six, this team's always going to get a little bit more credit with me because we know what they can be. The Chiefs are hitting their stride right now. The Chiefs are six and four. They've won their last three games, and they absolutely hosed a Raiders team that kind of really needed a win at home. And they went in there, and the first week of the the, the season, the Chiefs' defense was god-awful. And in the first six to eight weeks, for the first time in four years, we saw Patrick Mahomes have a slump. You know, if any of you listen to Nick Wright, they talk about it was a third down throw, not against the Raiders. That I don't, I don't know if I believe in one throw. But the thing is, is he came in against the Raiders, a team that had his number twice last year, and he danced all over him. And I believe the confidence was building. And man, if you guys didn't see it, he breaks the pocket and just whip one back left side running back goes up and, and baptizes the guy in the end zone and it's like man this is the Chiefs everyone's scared of and and I saw it and maybe it's scaring me but like it's the first time we saw it and the Chiefs the Chiefs could run the table the defense is playing okay to average which is all they need and and man this offense is lightning in a bottle Patrick Mahomes continues to take care of the ball and get the checkdowns. Um, number five is the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I'm just kidding. It's, not, it's, not, it's the Patriots. It's the New England Patriots. Um, they're on a huge win streak. Um, Mac Jones is kind of a boring quarterback, but 
that's a lot of times what Tom Brady did to get this team where they need to go. Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. No one wants to take after what he does. He walks in and says, hey, what do you do best? You're not going to do it against us. And he makes you beat you beat him the way you don't want to. And he had to make Baker beat the Patriots. And everyone said the same thing. And if you've watched football for a period of time, you know when you watch the game. The Browns were out-coached terribly. And Stefanski won the coach of the year. Patriots are winning games, and I had them at 10 last week. This is probably one of the bigger moves. But they didn't just beat the Browns, who I believe are still a good team. And what was everyone saying? They're better without OBJ. Here they come. You know, Patriots have been good in Foxborough, and they buried them. This team has confidence. This team has a great defense. The running game's solid. Kendrick Bourne, double coverage, getting catches in the end zone. This team, everything's working. Hunter Henry's right. The team's healthy. They're coached well. And Mac Jones simply does not give you the ball. And when he does few and far between, sometimes their defense and offense look like they're racing to outscore each other. I mean, they're just, they're a really good team. I have them at number five. And that's crazy to say. Patriots have come a long way. Big season for you guys. Uh, number four is the Cardinals. This team still has a case for number one. They've won a game and lost a game without Kyler DeAndre Hopkins. I, I just don't want to punish them too much because the Panthers are good. We know the Panthers are good. They just turned the ball over too much, got rid of the, you know, Sam Darnold. Panthers were primed for this one. I kind of saw this one coming. It was on my prediction list. Um, I'm not going to punish them too much after one loss, but you start to creep in with, is this going to be the Cardinals? Kyla Murray's getting hurt midway through every season. Like, can we stay healthy here? What's going to be the deal there? But they're at number four. Number three, <clears throat> Cowboys stumbled a little bit, but then they destroyed the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are good, but to their credit, they've won a, a, like three, two or three of their last couple games. The Falcons were on a roll, and it was like for the first time since 2017, Say that again. For the first time since 2017, could the Falcons have an over 500 record? And the answer is no. The the Cowboys slammed the door on it. Dan Quinn could not wait to coach his defense against this Falcons offense. He buried everything they tried to do, and it was one of the funnest blowouts I've seen in a long time. And Trayvon Diggs gets another pick. Why not? A little cherry on top for them. And the Cowboys have every route right <clears throat> for one of the top two spots, but only thing I was disappointed in your list was how low the Packers were. They're at number two. They lost the first week, and then they've been lights out since. The defense has come around massively. They're taking the ball away. They're stopping the run, and they've done it with some – they're getting Jair Alexander back. Zadarius Smith is still coming back. And they lost one game, and it was without Aaron Rodgers to the Chiefs, and it was still a close game. Defense almost beat the Chiefs, which was incredible. But, man, they give Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson his first ever zero-burger shutout in the NFL. I got to give it to the Packers. They're one of a couple two-loss teams remaining. They've given the Cardinals their only loss. And I, I just think the Packers deserve the top two spot. And at number one, you really, you really can't not have the Titans. They're on, like, a six-game win streak right now. They're seven and zero versus teams that made the playoffs last week. They, I mean, they were outgained the last two weeks, but they score points. And I, I do want to say one thing because I've never been huge on the Titans. I've always kind of had a little bit of pushback on them. But a lot of times you hear the cliche that a team embodies their coach. I just don't know if there's any team right now that is a direct a direct like correlation to their head coach than Mike Vrabel. It just seems like this team has 22 boxers out there in the football field and they just want to beat the shit out of you. And the, <laughs> I'm the Titans lead the league in players on IR and they lead the league on players that have made their 53 man roster. They they're, they're picking up dudes off the street and they're like, Hey, you want to throw around people for, for an hour? You're on the squad and they buy in. Julio Jones is gone. Adrian Peterson's gone. How are they going to do this? The defense, name three stars. You can't. And they just they just beat you down. And they had a close one against the Saints, but no Derrick Henry, no Kamara. I find that to be pretty even there in terms of what those players mean to their teams. 
and they were able to win. So Titans eight and two, someone try and make that team make sense to me. Cause I don't think, how did they get to eight and two? And they play Houston but, this week. And, and if they're they, going to yeah, nine and two. And, and I, I believe, um, I, I, I can look it up one more time. And I know we said that there's not a ton of like for sure's, but you know, we just looked up the Titans schedule and they've got the Texans, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Texans again. They have five teams against teams that have four or less wins. Number one seed. Yeah, but and I mean the Steelers with the way they're looking, put them on the list. They they play the te- Texans, then they're at New England. That's going to be a big game. They're at New England. Correct. Wow. Yes. Okay. I thought that was a road game for New England. Wow. Damn. Okay. Let's go. Nope. They're at New England. <laughs> So they're they're home against the Texans at New England, home against the Jags, at the wounded and struggling Steelers, home against the 49ers, home against the Dolphins, and then they finish at the Texans. Like this team is going to win at least four more games. So that's the first seed. It's lined that you have to get to 13 wins. I don't know if any of these other teams are going to be able to do it. Bills still play the Patriots. Chiefs have a tough division. I mean, the whole AFC North just dropped the game this week, except for the Bengals on a bye. I think the Titans may have it locked up. And you could say, well, the Colts are on fire and they're in the same division, but Titans are three games ahead and have beat them twice already. The Titans may just mess around, get the first round by, and then welcome back Derrick Henry in Nashville in, the, in their first game in the playoffs. I mean, it could really happen. Maybe it's in the stars for this Titans team, but Mike Vrabel, we've always talked about what we think of him as a coach and how he turned a 7-9 and nine organization into this smash-mouth powerhouse. And uh, Ryan Tannehill's still doing it. A.J. Brown's out there. Offensive line's doing okay. Defense is making plays. The Titans have to have earned your number one spot. Six game win streak, seven and overs playoff teams. They're just they're the number one team. Even though I still think if they played today, I would take the Packers, Cowboys over them to win the game. But that's just where the list is at. That's what I'm gonna keep it at. And I, I find it hard to believe there's gonna be too many people that push back. Even if you think there truly is a better team. It's kinda like you hear Titans and one, you're like yeah, I mean, they kind of done enough to get that spot. Like, you just, yeah. they should be yeah. there. So, you're, you said your biggest problem with my list was Packers at six, and I understand it. And I, I could listen to your argument, and your argument's great. I have one problem with yours. I'm I'm sorry, the Colts have no business being at seven. None. There's, Zero. All right. Zero. Zero. T- today. Today. Playoff game. Colts-Bills. Come on. That's a good Stop game. That. That's a good game. Brad, you've been on the Bills all year, and you know the Bills would take the Colts to task. Oh, I, if I had to put money down, I'd put it on the Bills, but I wouldn't feel great. They played last year in the postseason. It went down to the wire. Okay. What What is it, week 11? We're in week 10 or 11 now? Hey, week- hey, hey, real quick. November 21st, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Colts at Bills this Sunday. Colts at Bills this Sunday. Swear. Yeah. Keep that energy. I keep that energy. I'm watching that game. It's on the big screen. Cold Bills. Week 13 matchup. Okay. Wait a minute. Actually, this Tampa actually might even play. Regardless, Tampa and the Colts. Week 14. Hey, hey. Their next two games at Bills, home against the Bucks. I can't. I can't shoot you. That's their next two games. We'll see. Keep that energy. I'm sorry. I, no. Again, like, no. Like I said, in terms of punishing teams and rewarding teams, I it did. is week to week rankings. Colts are four and one in their last five, and they're five and three against teams not named the Titans. New team. I just think they're trending up. They could lose the next two by a combined forty. I'll take them off the list. But the Bucks had a disgusting outing against Washington off of by Rams last I, two games. So I. And here's the thing. This is a power rankings. So it's based off of your momentum and what you've been, what have you done for me lately, right? You know, one oh shit can knock out a million attaboys. I get it. But at the same token, I'm thinking to myself, like, who's, who can win the fucking Super Bowl today? Yeah, Tennessee, Dallas, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Rams, Packers, Bills, New England, KC, 
Probably not the Saints. My top nine, I'm going to bat for. I'm sorry, I can't go to bat for freaking the Colts. I can't. I'm just saying, if someone said, give me your top ten teams most likely to win the Super Bowl, I don't think I would have the Colts on that list. That's fair. But coming into week 11, and I'm I'm serious, I think Colts-Bills is going to be a really good game. And if the Colts win one of these next two games, Bills-Tampa, if if they win one of these next two games, they're a team that has to be taken seriously for that wild card spot in the AFC. And they if play you, New England too, by the way, soon. Yeah, they play Bills, Colts, or they play the Bills, the Buccaneers. Then they play the Texans. Then they play. Oh my God! Then they they, play, they have the toughest schedule in the league. We've talked then about this. the Patriots, then the Cardinals, then the Raiders, then the Jags. Colts no, are there's two wins in there. And, Maybe three. Hey, two, Two sprains is taking them. Two sprains. Here we go. Come on. So, so, so they're currently five and five. You have them at seven. Okay, over the Bills, who are six and three, mind you, and they're only going to win three more games. So you currently have an eight and nine team. <laughs> no, no, they're not only winning three more games. Yes, yes. Mark Colts my words. You guys are hearing this on the pod. They're five and five. I got them at eight and nine. They're five and five, meaning they have seven games left. They will win four or more. The Colts will finish over 500. The Colts will finish so over. I have an eight, nine, you have a nine and eight. <laughs> okay. I mean, but still, after what they had to overcome early in the season, new quarterback injuries, Quentin Nelson out, Carson Wentz getting injured, T.Y.'s not in the lineup. This team's overcome a lot. They're in the right headspace. They're HBO uh, hard knocks midseason. It's going to be nice. All right. We got one more thing to get to. This is on a request of one of our weekly listeners, Kyle. Always asks, why don't you guys ever talk about the Thursday night preview? So, and this is not because New England's in it. This was a request of somebody. I want to start bringing this into the, our weekly pod. Thursday night, Pats, Falcons. Oh, uh, Fal- Falcons coming off an embarrassing loss, but they're at home. New England coming off several good wins in a row, including two in, very good wins in a row. Uh, they travel to Atlanta, Super Bowl 51 rematch, same commentary crew, same everything. It'll be a f- fun feel. Where are you going here? Um, Falcons coming off of embarrassing loss. Uh, they're going to look to bounce back and fail. Uh, Patriots are a much better team. Uh, without Calvin Ridley, uh, they're probably going to put J.C. Jackson on Kyle Pitts, which is not shocking. Put your best corner on their best weapon. Falcons, you know, you've got a stationary quarterback, and the Patriots are big advocates of, we'll get sacks when we can, but we're going to pressure you all day. They stay very, very well coached in staying in their gaps. Matt Ryan's going to be in a squeeze pocket all day. No Kelvin Ridley. I think they're going to really struggle against this Patriots offense, which pretty much everybody has done. Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over. Offense is humming, and you can tell me schemes this and that, but Arthur Smith, is a offensive-minded head coach. He's not very active on the defense. Falcons' defense hasn't been good. And you can't tell me that the Falcons' defense is going to play any better than what the Browns did. Now, the blowout against the Browns was a combination of turnovers by the offense and good play by the Patriots' offense. But I just don't think the Falcons are a good team. I think the Patriots are, and they're hot right now. This could be a heat check, but, you know, Talk about the Patriots on Thursday night. They're at home. Uh, Falcons are at home. Falcons are at home. Yeah. Um, the, the Patriots were also able to kind of cruise in the fourth quarter. I, did they take any starters out in the fourth or anything? Yeah. Yeah, Brian Hoyer finished that game. So you talk about a week with limited rest. It's like Falcons were getting destroyed. So they were destroying. They probably took some starters out. So we should get a you know, pretty well-rested starting lineups Thursday night. I, I think Patriots get a win Thursday night. Chill Sunday with no worries. Yeah, I think New England wins this one, but yeah. I think that they finally, I think they finally take a step back. They've blown out their last two opponents. I think this one's close. I think they win like 24-20, 27-20. Uh, I think they, I think they pretty much lead the entire way. Falcons do their best. And good to the Patriots because they're going to be in the top of the division after the Bills fall to the Colts on Sunday. 
I'll tell you what. If New England gets on back back on top of the AFC East, I won't be able to contain the arrogance. I'm letting y'all know. I'm letting y'all know. It's been too long. It has been it's over a be year. Because the Colts take down the Bills in Week 11. Hey, whatever. Oh, I'm down for it. I'll root for them. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, another great pod. We had back-to-back, probably even more than that, but the last two Sunday live shows have been fantastic. Tons of viewership, uh, tons of interaction. We're digging it. Hope you guys are, too. We'd love to have you join us again this Sunday, live, 11 to noon. Um, We break down all your favorite games, including what seems to be a blockbuster Sunday of games. Uh, I can't wait. New England will play Thursday, so I'll get to see any game I want on Sunday, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Any last words, Brad? Chiefs play the Cowboys this Sunday, dude. Also, I apologize in advance on behalf of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Might be a little bit of a snoozer on Sunday night, but that's just how it's got to be. Yeah, but nationally televised on Fox, Cowboys Chiefs. Let's go. Huge game. All right, guys. We out. Go Steelers.